It's the main ingredient on 680 CGOB, and I'm Kevin Bergen with the last episode of 2017. So today, the first half of the show is listening to some of my favorite TMI moments over the past year. So up first is my friend Sachet Mira of the East India Company talking about how their restaurant began. They opened up a, a small restaurant. Um, the first one is actually on the second floor of a B-run movie theater on Sherbrooke, and the restaurant was called Maharajas. Mm-hmm. So to translate that, that means, you know, kings and queens, right? Yeah. And uh, it was a, you know, dad describes that place that if they had two or three customers on a Saturday night, it was uh, it was a busy night. And if you came in, you know, they really didn't hold stock uh, because they couldn't afford to. So if you came in and you ordered a chicken curry, you know, dad would literally run out the back door, down the fire escape, over to the Safeway next door, buy the chicken fresh, back up the fire escape, uh, into the kitchen in the back. <laughs> Make the chicken and then serve what it What took to you so you. long, man? <laughs> I don't know. I, I had to get it. Uh, but, that, but that was the reality. Like that's, that's, how they, that's how they operated. And it was you know, really touch and go. But the reason that they really did it wasn't for the money. The reason they got into the Indian food restaurant business back in the day was because it reminded them of home. It was a touchstone. It was a touch point to back at home, the flavors and the aromas and the smells that reminded them of being back home. Mm-hmm. And it also brought together a little bit of community. So you had the few East Indian people. And it didn't matter where the East Indian people were from. You could be from Kenya. You could be from uh, India. You could be from other parts of the world but, uh, and, and different parts of East Indian culture. Uh, Punjabi, East Indian, Gujarati. You would all come together and mix and share and be together. And it was, you know, when, when the community was that small and uh, that widespread, it was it was certainly to them welcoming. So we're going to talk about Miller's Meats. Okay, let's do All it. All right, let's talk about how this long-standing Winnipeg family business got started. Okay, well, uh, first off, um, now, hang on, how come you're all proper and stuff now? Uh, I just I feel like this red lights in my face, and I'm like, okay, so uh, yeah. Hang on, Kevin. Let me tell you. Kevin, uh, hold on a second. We're let swilling me, beer and swearing a second. Let me put on my inside voice. <laughs> Uh, No, yeah. So we originated in 1971. Um, My grandmother and grandfather saw an opportunity. Um, They were living in Vancouver and uh, they, their whole family was from Winnipeg. So they ended up moving back, saw an opportunity to buy a business and they decided that they wanted to work for themselves. They didn't want to work for anyone else. And the meat shop was born after that. Hang on. So they bought it from somebody, or they they bought they a building and created the business. You know what? That's actually a very good question. They, I think, they bought a place called Penny's Groceries, mm-hmm. and it was the, it's in the existing building that we're in at five ninety St Mary's Road. But uh, but as far I don't know what they sold. I'm pretty sure it was groceries. Yep. Um, but I know for a fact that there was an LC, like a liquor commission, in that building previous to pennies oh, okay. so that building i think was built in like the thir- the 30s or 40s mm-hmm. and there's still uh liquor bottles in the basement nice hopefully they're full they could be full and, <laughs> and if they're full i'm gonna find them <laughs> before we talk about uh hocus pocus pies and dice mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about you what? and what led you to baking oh god i was such a fat kid and my mom was a terrible cook <laughs> my heart set on being a fat kid like I really did <laughs> like my mom bless her soul like yeah. she tried so hard she's just terrible like I thought is she a bad cook oh god yeah really yeah like <laughs> when I was growing up up until I was about 12 I yeah. thought mashed potatoes were supposed to be like tapioca with those hard chunks in the middle <laughs> 
And I thought I didn't like steak because, you know, my mom burns everything to a crisp. <laughs> this woman has burnt the bombs off four pots that I've witnessed. Come making, on. Like making boiled potatoes. Come on, man. Really? Oh, God. It was terrible. Is she still that? Miraculously, when I moved out, she learned how to cook better. Christian Christensen and Chris Kapansky from Brazen Hall, who will be at the Winnipeg Beer Festival, are here to talk candidly about the closing of a Winnipeg institution, which was a roundtable restaurant, and the birth of a great new kitchen and brewery, Brazen Hall. How did you guys meet? How do you guys know each other? In 2009, we got, I got into this restaurant business with my dad mm-hmm. with the thoughts of helping him get out, meaning that he was going to retire. It was just his plan. Like you were going to take it over? No, I was going to help him get rid of it. And you didn't, you didn't want any part of the restaurant well, industry? Well, uh, no, I didn't, it, I didn't see it as a long-term plan for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and what changed was my dad and I were able to, well, my dad was able to help me buy the land um, because he had a great relationship with the t- landlord. Mm-hmm. And so when that happened, suddenly it became a business opportunity, not a family thing. And so when that happened, and that would have been 2012 that we bought it, but in 2011, we were saying, what do we do here, right? And... How Chris and I met was I finally made that decision. I got to do this. But what I realized was I'm not a restaurant guy. Mm-hmm. I've never really been in the restaurant business, although everybody presumes I have. For sure, that's I what have, I would think. I owned a telephone company for most of my life. I worked with Auto Trader, and then I, you know, I sold some coupons uh, as a kid for the schools, <laughs> right, or whatever they were. Yeah. So um, what happened was I realized that there was no way that I was going to build a brewery and a restaurant without the greatest brewer and the greatest restaurant operator. Right. That's all there is to it. And unless I could find the two of them, I wasn't going to proceed. No pressure there. None right? whatsoever. None. I'm a good business guy, yep. I, you know, but but the reality is I know what my strengths are and what my weaknesses would be. Enter Cheryl Zeeland with her fresh cranked energy bars. So let's talk to her about them. How's it going today? Good. How are you? I'm good. Welcome to CJOB. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, let's get into the meat of what you're here for. So my first question is, what are Cranked Energy Bars and how did this business begin? Well, Cranked Energy Bars are a fresh uh, energy bar that you'll find in the fridge, not on the shelf at uh, the retailers. So, um, I mean, six years ago when my twins were born, I was pretty much like any other busy mom busy with kids running around and not eating my favorite meal which is breakfast and I think one of the most important meals of the day so I kind of just worked around the kitchen and put together oatmeal and some other fun things and said I got to turn this into a bar because I wanted to eat breakfast every morning on the go while I was worrying about the kids and uh, it took three years to come up with something that was kind of edible and that tasted not like chalky protein bars but actually something good and healthy and kind of sinful because it's kind of it's like a guilt-free treat almost. And, you know, the biggest thing was that it provided energy for me to take care of the kids. Um, just grabbed one and out the door we went. But that's how it kind of came. And in my first, you know, initial post on Facebook, I think I kind of sold 200 bars to my friends and family. And it was cool. They loved it. And uh, I thought, you know what, I might actually have something that's worth testing the market with. And... Uh, yeah, we've just kind of grown from there. It's a great need for fresh, fresh energy bars on the market right now. Totally, in, in every way. I literally get paid to laugh. I laugh so much during some of these interviews, my stomach hurts. So when we return, we're going to listen to some of the funniest moments on the main ingredient on 680 CJOB. Welcome back to the main ingredient. Kevin Bergen here. Sometimes it's hard for me to get through an interview because there is simply too much to laugh about. 
The people that come in here have great stories to tell, and some of them, they're hilarious. So you got to listen. What is left in that building that is round table? Besides the structure itself. Oh no, there's the whole, one of the whole ceilings yep. is all the wainscoting. We split it. We finished it differently. It's gorgeous in the ceiling. It's one mm-hmm. of the nicest features in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of the urinals. <laughs> That's the only one. Somebody broke it when we were putting Which it one? In. Which yeah. one? Yeah, right? I'm not telling you. You got to try them both. Yeah. Tell me if there's a difference. But you guys have Ryan ginger wings? Yeah, that's something we kind of played with. We know that uh, Crown Royal is just north of us in Gimli, so we don't see a lot of rye bars or anything centered around rye. It's usually an afterthought or something you do when you're 20. Mm-hmm. Throw some ginger in there. So can't be wrong that those flavors work together. So we just kind of manipulated some rye, some ginger, ginger ale. We even just reduce it right down and toss on wings, and it's it's excellent. I can't believe you didn't bring some for me. Like, what is your problem? I'm rude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm rude <laughs> This is about me, remember? You invited me <laughs> We're eating lunch today And the chicken's there mm-hmm. I'm, I'm eating mine and I'm yeah. thinking Nobody else better touch that chicken <laughs> Get your hands off Get your hands right. off <laughs> I'm gonna take a finger I'm gonna take a finger if you touch that chicken I'll eat your finger or chicken Whatever <laughs> I have an interview with, with Mark, and she's like, okay. <laughs> and then I sit down, and me and you are talking and snap, and she's so nice when she leaves. She goes, oh, I hope you get the job. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> I didn't have the heart to correct uh, it, but I thought, oh, what a sweetheart. I, weren't we, how long were we talking for at that <laughs> point? We, I was there for hours. World's longest. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm drinking beer and eating. Okay, you guys had a goal of putting out 1 million liters of beer in your first year of business. Did we reach that goal? How close were we to liters, it? 1 million liters, you know, it was uh, it was a, a great target. I think we just came slightly short of it just because we kind of overextended ourselves, I think, in that first... Uh, well, I think what happened as well is that Kevin actually sort of pulled back on his allocation. I was just going to say, I tried to summer, help you guys. Like We were at 999,996 liters. How much then, beer does a brother got to drink? Well, Try to help you guys out. Like, come on. I think you've done your share. Especially, <laughs> yeah, you have. Especially you have. in the Woody Belgian department. <laughs> yes. We got an uptick in that uh, when you get involved. I wonder how much of that I've drank. Like, seriously. We ask ourselves the same thing. How much have we actually drank our own product that <laughs> yeah. prevented us from getting that one million mark? I spent some time in Victoria with my wife, and then we moved back to Winnipeg. Uh, and, I, and then uh, she had twin boys. And then, she had, I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. She did all the work. I, just, I had the fun part. She had all. She I had the fun part. <laughs> she did all the work. And and if and if they're good, someone else is trying to hang on to them. Yeah, the really good ones tend to move on to something else, right? Because it's a tough industry. It's mm-hmm. a long hours and all that, right? So the really great ones actually do a great gig in it and then move on. And uh, and then this person said, "Well, actually, I know a guy. Uh, let me talk to him." And that was Woody. Yeah. And Woody connected us. Yeah, it's it's crazy. We uh, now we're dating. We're dating. <laughs> you know, we there's uh, we. Well, I think uh, people have a problem pronouncing Cho's name. They call him Mr. Chow. <laughs> Hello, Mr. it's Chow there. Personally and professionally, like you said, you sometimes there's little push and pull on things with four guys. You know, there's a lot of opinions. How is it to, to, to work together, you know, day to day on the same goal? 
Well, I think it's amazing. I, Mike might have something different to say. <laughs> no, well, I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> that thing you did on Tuesday, I didn't like. <laughs> right, CJOB, the truth's gone out. Talk radio. <laughs> but the reality is, is that being able to make a living and enjoying meeting people is pretty killer. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm then, sure. guess what? And then on a brewery. That's super cool. <laughs> That's- even with you and you hit me up and said hey you want to do the radio show yep. and i said yeah sure and then we met well, and me then- when i thought you were a skinny white guy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey you know it, it's the name man it's the name i think i'm like roger <laughs> you ain't no roger <laughs> that's how i get all my job interviews you know <laughs> people look at you i remember when when we first met not not that there's anything like, different. Not that there's anything saying, different man? now. <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm going back in time, and I can see it now too. But when we... I'm exactly the same, man. <laughs> it's a great beer. That is a great, great, <laughs> it's a great beer. beer. Like you know, yeah, it's a hey, great this beer. This is the first time I've seen you without a beer in your hand. <laughs> Actually, hang on a Me too. Is that a, is that a Saskatchewan Rough Riders Cup behind you or something in it? Ever since that day, with all the. Uh, Trials and tribulation, tribulations and peaks and valleys and the pressure and it's never wavered since that day. We've never worried about the partnership or anything. You know, money is often an issue and all that stuff. And you know, when you're both uh, eating wiener water soup, it doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> no, that's right. You can, you can share the wiener. It's no big deal. You can get a solid two weeks out of it. Wiener water soup. I love it. It's, it's, a, it's a lot to open up something like this. More main ingredient after the sports news and weather break, and I'm talking to Chef Phil Andrews of the Blaze Restaurant, located in the Delta Hotel downtown. Be right back. Have you ever been to the Blaze Restaurant in the Delta Hotel downtown? It's getting rave reviews for its great food, so their head chef, Phil Andrews, is here to talk about that. We're also going to talk about the gala dinner coming up March 9th that raises funds for the Canadian Hemophilia Society and the New Year's Eve resolution event taking place this New Year's Eve that will be featuring a great menu created by the Blaze Restaurant. Craft beer from Torque, Brazen Hall, Stone Angel, Little Brown Jug, and Fort Gary Brewing, and cocktails by Capital K Distillery. So welcome, Phil Andrews. How are you, man? I'm good. You've only been here for four or five years, right? I've been in town for six years. Six years? What led you here? Uh, my wife makes more money than I do. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to give me some romantic story of, well, Kevin, I uh, yeah. la la la. I embrace the cold. <laughs> <laughs> where, are you, where are you from originally? I'm from a small town north of Toronto called Newmarket, Ontario, Canada. How did you and your wife meet? I uh, met her at a restaurant that I was working at in Edmonton. And she is a radio personality too, right? In the city, yes, she is. Who is she? Her name is Nesta Matthews. She's on 102.3 KISS FM. 102.3 KISS FM. Yep. All right. So how did you guys meet? Uh, we met at the restaurant one night. I came I in. I want to hear the drunken story because I, I know you now. <laughs> oh, man. So I, I, want, I want some good details. All right. So uh, it was a night. Uh, the staff loved the restaurant that we were working at so much that we were doing the renovations. So, what? Yeah. We like the do- staff was actually physically renovating the restaurant. We got a power washer, so we were going to steam clean everything, and then we were going to paint all the walls and do all the rentals ourselves because we were that invested in the place. Suckers. I know. <laughs> so we were closed that night, and uh, uh, my boss had gotten a power washer, so I was going to go in. So I may have had a couple of cocktails beforehand, just a little encouragement. And uh, as I was walking up to the front 
door of the restaurant, and a lady in a purple dress came in, and I opened up the door for her. I was just like, hi. <laughs> Good evening. <laughs> Trying to be smooth. That, did, power that didn't work. <laughs> uh, so we all kind of stuck around and we were chatting. There were some wine reps there and we we're trying some wine and having a good old time. And uh, I started talking to this lady in the purple dress. She's rather attractive. And uh, she made it known that she had no interest in me whatsoever. <laughs> Isn't that how it always is, huh? And then all of a sudden, all of my colleagues got up from the table and said, hey, we're heading out and left. Just the two of us there. I'm like, hey, nice setup. Yeah, that's okay. And uh, so we continued to talk. I'm like, well, if you're going to go, that's that's fine. But I've got this whole bottle of uh, Bogle Petit Syrah in front of me. So if you want to finish it, by all <laughs> means. So we had some more wine. And then I was like, do you want me to make you something to eat? And she's like, no. What if I taught you how to make something? She's like, okay. And then we proceeded to talk, eat, and she found out that I'm allergic to most cheese. And I made the salad that had uh, steak and uh, blue cheese in it. And she's like, aren't you going to eat? I'm like, no, it's not for me. It was for you. I can't eat this. And she's like, what? And we proceeded to talk till 6 o'clock in the morning. Well, that's all right. Yeah. So you left there. She got a job in Kelowna, BC. Yep. So I chased the girl. Nothing wrong with that. And ended up as long getting, as it's the right girl. It was. Yep. We got married. So it worked. <laughs> Perfect. Yep. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your culinary history. So where did you start? I know that you had a really good um, job that you liked. Like, I guess, you know, you've, you've been at a few places. Mm-hmm. You've also been a chef in at uh, a winery restaurant, Mission Hill in yep. Kelowna. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, that was, that was absolutely phenomenal. Um, that part of the country is... Nothing that I've ever experienced before. Uh, like I said, I've worked in Ontario, Alberta, now Manitoba, but being in BC, it was just, whoa, it was pretty phenomenal. And very high caliber chefs that all worked there. It was, I felt a little bit out of my element, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. at first. But then once you start working along with these guys and, and ladies, it was just mind-blowing what they knew. Is that so, right? I bag borrowed and stole <laughs> recipes from everyone. <laughs> And new tips and techniques, and uh, I've applied it ever since, and I try to show as many people what I've learned as well. That's awesome. That's where you're, you know, and again, I know you have a, a real appreciation for why, for wine and oh, yeah. cocktails and beer, and when we went out together the other, a couple of weeks ago, you uh, just showed me some of that appreciation. It is an appreciation. It is. But, uh, you know, one of my uh, one of my jams is matching up alcohol and food. It's mm-hmm. something I'm quite adroit at, and... Uh, you got to sample it. Got to make sure you know what you're playing with. You know, exactly right. You know, you're a man after my own heart. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the Scotch pop-up dinner that you guys had at the Delta last Friday. How did that go? That was phenomenal as well. Uh, we sold 25 tickets and uh, Joel Carlton from Bees Knees put, it on, put on the show along with his bartender, Alex. And uh, it was a match made in heaven that night. Uh, the cocktails that these guys came up with were just out of this world. And then we were able to match up food to go along with it. It was a heck of a lot of fun. Sure. So you get to sample food and? Like, again, I got to make sure I know what I'm playing with. So, yeah, I I did sample the scotch uh, the weekend before, made notes on it, and then paired up the food that would align with the scotch. Gotcha. Um, How is working in a restaurant that's in a hotel different than working in other restaurants? Oh, there's so many different things that happen. There's so many different moving pieces. Um, Hotels are a little bit on the tricky side because it's not as popular as they once were about 100 years ago. Where right. That was the rage is to go to a hotel restaurant. It's a bit different now. Absolutely. Things have switched and changed and uh, there's all sorts of different factors you got to factor in. Like uh, food cost is a big deal mm-hmm. for some independent restaurants and that sort of thing. They're a little bit more loosey-goosey and they have some more play, whereas got to follow some strict guidelines. 
Okay, so when I when I think of hotel restaurants, I, way back they may not have they may have been more popular than they are now. Mm-hmm. When you're thinking of the food that you need to create, you want it to be an experience for people. Like, what is your philosophy for the Blaze Restaurant? When I went in, it was it was different because I wasn't running. It was just uh, there because my daughter was born. So it was to be honest with you, when I first walked in, it was more of uh, this is out of convenience for a more quality of life to be at home a lot more often. Because mm-hmm. again, independent restaurants, you can work whenever the business level needs you to. So it could be 14, 16, 17 hour days. You yeah, never crazy. know. So I wanted to step back and watch my daughter grow up. So uh, I went to the hotel and uh, was pleasantly surprised at uh, what they were doing, the programs that they had in place there. And we switched some things as I moved up in rank mm-hmm. and definitely changed some things around. Um, but if you want to talk about like a concept to come up with, uh, everything that's in the back mind of everyone that works there is simple, made perfect. That's how it was when you got there? Like that was a philosophy when you got there? It wasn't when I got there, but we've changed the philosophy in the last two years of simple food made perfectly. How did that change come about? It was, we we're looking at business demands. Why are people coming in? Why are people not coming in? Right. So we're just going down all the different avenues. Uh, a lot of the business people that we have staying at the hotel, they want more simple, healthy fare. Because if you're on the road as much as a lot of these road warriors are, for sure, you're not looking for greasy spoon every night. Oh. So we want something a little bit more health conscious. So we've gone to that avenue. But we also want to get local people in too. So uh, everyone loves a bang for their buck. So that's what we try to provide. Back with more from Chef Phil Andrews from the Blaze Restaurant located in the Delta Hotel downtown Winnipeg when the main ingredient returns. Welcome back to the main ingredient. I'm Kevin Bergen. The Blaze Restaurant is known for its simple, great food, so its head chef. Phil Andrews is here in the studio with me to talk about it. Phil, I hear good things about your Ryan ginger wings. Yeah, that's something we kind of played with. We know that uh, Crown Royal is just north of us in Gimli, so we don't see a lot of rye bars or anything mm-hmm. centered around rye. It's usually an afterthought or something you do when you're 20. Mm-hmm. Throw some ginger in there, so can't be wrong. Those flavors work together, so we just kind of manipulated some rye, some ginger, ginger ale. We even just reduce it right down and toss on wings, and it's it's excellent. I can't believe you didn't bring some for me here. Like, what is your problem? I'm rude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm rude <laughs> this is about me remember you invited me <laughs> you're hilarious man <laughs> well what else are some of the more popular things i can't even get through this <laughs> what, what else are some of the more popular things on your menu like i said mike green had a rave review about you guys being the hidden gem mm. um and obviously you'd have to do things right where you guys are located you're you're behind your main lobby right that's right so when, it's not like people are going to walk by and, and know that the restaurant exists that's right so right. as soon as you walk in you see the the lobby and the grand staircase which is fantastic and the restaurant is actually in behind the grand staircase so mm-hmm. it again it, it is a, a bit hidden uh, so you have to search for it, but uh, when you get there, you'll be pleasantly surprised. Uh, some of the things we have for our lounge menu is we have uh, pork button bone. They're like little riblets, mm-hmm. and you can dress it up in any kind of wing seasoning that you want. Mm-hmm. And they're they're all the rage right now. Uh, we've got some buffalo God, cauliflower. It's time. I'm starving. Right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I was I was don't ask you, man. I'm rude. <laughs> <laughs> you are rude. I'm pretty sure I got some mints in here. <laughs> Just imagine it's got flavor, Kevin. Just chew on that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, the, uh, the lounge is definitely taking off, and that's that's always been a, a strong pull. But now we want to focus a little bit more on getting the dinner crowd back in. And so we're looking at uh, simpler avenues, stuffed chicken supremes, steaks, that sort of thing. 
You love to cook, don't you? Absolutely. Like when, when we spoke, it really kind of caught me off guard. I know it sounds kind of ridiculous, but you're going, oh, look, a chef who loves to cook. But sometimes, you know, when you're doing something for a while, you can get complacent. You know, it's kind of hard to get motivated and excited about things that you're doing like o- over and over every day. But you genuinely love food, right? My wife can always tell if I've had a bit of a challenging day because when she gets home or if she's been out, whatever, and I start cooking food and the lobster comes out and the steaks come out, she just knows to... Would you like a cocktail? Thank you very much. Just leave me alone. It's it's cathartic cooking. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to just kind of tune everything out and just get be one with food. It's it's fun, dude. It's a win win for her. If you're you know, what oh, I mean? yeah. like, you can walk in the door and, and that's what you're cooking and you, you know you've had a hard day. You know what? I'll take that. It's totally my fault that she's in boot camp right now. <laughs> Whatever, man. Whatever. The hemophilia gala. Yeah. You guys have that coming up. Maybe we can uh, talk a bit about that, talk about the cause, and maybe mm-hmm. the menu, um, and when it takes place. This is going to be fun. Uh, it's looking around March 10th, so keep your eyes and ears posted on that for social media platforms. I actually have a meeting tomorrow that we're getting together with. It's going to be six chefs mm-hmm. all together. And rather than what we've done in the past with the hemophilia galas is one chef would be in charge of one course. Right. So we'd have to get together and figure out the theme and make sure that all the food flows but it's challenging. Some people want to go off on their own tangent. We don't all have the same cooking style. So sometimes it doesn't always jive. Right. In our opinion, a lot of people that are there love it and absolutely should. But we have a meeting tomorrow. We're getting together with the chefs. And it's been difficult to get six chefs together in one room at the same time. It's kind of like herding cats. but well, Because you guys are working, right? Always. And this time of year especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to work as a team. So it's going to be like not all-star chefs, but not far off from that. And we're going to work as units and we're going to come up with the food together and we're going to use each other's styles, incorporate it in every single dish. And it's, we're going to knock the socks off of this one. You told me you'd done that once before at a different restaurant, right? We did. Yeah. And that uh, was rave reviews as well. That's not typically the way that you guys do things, is it? Not usually because people would, or chefs would bring in their own teams and they'd work within that team and do their own course because that's what they do. And this is don't mess with my food. But with this one, we've got some, we don't have a lot of egos in the room. So we're going to just work on it all together and do something that's going to be pretty unique to the city. Okay. You've always been that way, right? You're kind of whatever. Let's just work. And if it works, it works, right? Well, I think collaboration is key. Like we, when we come up with menus for Blaze or even in the banquet department at the Delta Hotel is we do menus by committee. We come up with it together. We've got seven different international backgrounds in that kitchen. Why not pull from what everyone has to bring to the table? And that's what we do. Nations back there, man. Not far off. Not far (laughs) off. (laughs) Which is great when it comes to food, right? Everybody's got something awesome to contribute, right? And it's just different styles, different cultural backgrounds, different products that you wouldn't normally think of pairing together. And it, yeah, I'm floored by my crew on a daily basis, what they can do. Mm -hmm. You probably bring a lot of knowledge as far as the pairing of, you know, spirits and stuff that go into, uh, into food, right? Absolutely. Pairing them together and cooking with them. Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, mostly trialing by error. And the trialing process is fantastic. (laughs) 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 No, because again, um, obviously, you know, we went out together and had a couple drinks. Mm. Your your passion for, you know, I'm not going to say your passion for liquor. That sounds kind of strange, but your passion for flavor from different things, right? It's 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 incredibly interesting the marriage between wine, especially, Mm -hmm. but many alcohols and food, and how alcohol can change the flavor of food and vice versa. It's absolutely fascinating. You have a, like a, a really good um, Cabernet Sauvignon, and you're not sure what to pair with it. it. usually says beef. Absolutely. Throw a little 
black sambuca in with your beef while you're cooking it and watch the wine shine mm-hmm. and watch your steak completely change. Really? You, oh, it's phenomenal. It's so much fun. God, I'm hungry right now. <laughs> uh, but. <laughs> but the fun part too is I, I really enjoy teaching and to be able to be in the position that I'm in and show my crew what I know and then watch them expand on it is uh, get goosebumps. It's really cool to see. That's awesome. Yeah. Speaking of another event, we have the the resolution New Year's Eve event coming up, and again, you did a menu for that. Maybe we can talk about you know the food portion of that. Yeah, it's more going to be interactive for our guests. It's going to be uh, live stations, so they're going to have flambe stations in the room uh, with chefs at the stations. Uh, we've got well, one of the pairings that we're going to do is the sambuca beef. We also have nice, a. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also have a. Uh, uh, Caesar cherry tomato flambe. So it has all the ingredients of a bloody Caesar mm-hmm. sauteed with cherry tomatoes. So the vodka goes in at the end, huge flambe show. Don't let your hat on fire and yeah, they're scrumptious. seems awesome. You know what? They, what's best about that is that, um, usually, um, when it comes to new year's Eve events, usually it's the party is the main thing that people focus on and the booze kind mm-hmm. of thing. And then we'll, of course, we'll, we'll throw you some food just cause we got to make sure you, you know, you can, you can last the whole night. Whereas this is obviously the, the event is one thing, but the food is a really huge portion of this. It's event, gotta right? be part of the show. It's gotta, there's a, there's a lot of people that are work, walking around the streets these days that have ADD. So you want your, <laughs> I'm one of them <laughs> readers digest condensed version of a night full of activity and to be sitting around listening to a speaker go on and on. Yeah, absolutely. It's important, but there's got to be more to it than that. So put on a show. Did you guys have a website for the restaurant? Like I went to, I went to try to find one and I, I thought it was it's kind of incorporated with the hotel restaurant or do you have your, your it, own? It's incorporated with the hotel. So if you go on to the Delta Winnipeg site, there are some brief blurbs about it and the menus on there. Uh, we are on Facebook and we're also on Instagram. Okay. I appreciate you coming in. I will see you. I'll see you before New Year's, but if I don't, I will see you that night and um, try some of the Sambuca beef. I'll bring food. Okay. <laughs> thanks buddy pleasure's mine (laughs) thanks for tuning in and listening to the main ingredient this year I had fun and really appreciate the emails and likes on social media that said have a great new year's and make sure you do it safely and plan how you're going to get to and from any events in advance and make sure you don't drink and drive talk to you next year you're on 680 CJOB